Welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. I'm your host, Matt, and I'm glad to welcome back Nathan Giles for a conversation about Psalm 70. In this conversation, we reflect on the shortness of this psalm and what it means for our prayers, the way that prayer can be an invitation into a process of reflection. We talk about God and the ways that this psalm, even in just five verses, invites us to reflect on who God is and what he's done, and of course, a whole lot more. To get us started, though, let's hear Nathan reading Psalm 70. Hasten, O God, to save me. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May those who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, Aha, aha, turn back because of their shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, The Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. Come quickly to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. Lord, do not delay. Nathan, welcome back to Curious Psalms. Thanks, Matt. I was looking at the last time I had you on, Psalm 58, I think, was our last conversation together, which was 11 verses. Yeah. And then I thought, ah, we still had too much to say about 11 verses. Let's let's pare it down a little bit. <laughs> you, you know I'm a man of few words, typically, but not in theology, so I get it. <laughs> Let me make my editing job easier. I'll only give him five <laughs> verses this time. <laughs> it's perfect. No, I'm looking forward to talking about this psalm, which is actually... Uh, Unlikely, maybe, that listeners would remember this because I didn't remember this, but this is basically repeated almost verbatim from Psalm 40, interestingly. So it's like Psalm 40, verses 13 through 17, lifted out and given sort of the distinction of its own its own psalm. So we maybe we can just dive in with this question. What stands out to you in reading this psalm? Yeah, for me, it is actually the, the brevity of it. Yeah. It's sandwiched, I'm again thankful for this, sandwiched between two psalms that are, you know, 20 plus verses long. <laughs> And I mean, off the bat for me, like this is my kind of prayer. Uh, oh, yeah. If I'm going to like have my prayer time, Nathan wants it to be short. You know, <laughs> I'll spend time with God. But my inclination is to look at these short Psalms and say, I can I can do that at least. But on a more serious note, I think that the shortness of it does give a sense of the urgency or just despair. Kind of the almost like giving up on, on David's part here. Hmm. Say, say more about the giving up. Yeah, I mean, if I think about the way I pray or even just have conversations with people when I'm kind of at my end, I don't typically want to have an extended conversation. Uh, I yeah, just yeah. kind of want to get to the point and then be left to kind of sit in peace. Hmm. And so and I don't know if this, how true this is in my mind. This is very much that kind of moment where you're saying, you know, God, hurry up. I need you. Yeah. Hurry up. <laughs> and, then, and then he ends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love your word urgency in which there is something to it you can imagine this almost as a prayer on the run mm-hmm. potentially i love that in the title it's for the director of music of david a petition mm-hmm. which to me there's like the sarcastic part of me that says well i feel like we could read the psalm and work that part out <laughs> it's very clearly <laughs> a petition but yeah there's something definitely urgent about it i i was kind of struck by the contrasting desires too in the song or how much desire language is mm-hmm. in this psalm like may those who want to take my life may all who desire my ruin uh, there's even desire i think and may those who say to me aha aha like sort of the desire of mastery like kind of yeah kind of overconfidence almost over someone there's this set of kind of the enemy's desires and then there's 
May all who seek you, may those who long for your saving help, always say. There's so much here of the people are being described by what they desire, what they long for, Mm -hmm. what uh, they do. One of the things that stood out to me, too, was that verse 5 in the NIV has the first word, but as for me, I am poor and needy. Mm -hmm. And that but is a little mysterious to me because I'm not sure exactly what the contrast is with that word because it seems like he is the one who is longing for your saving help. Yeah, that idea of seeking, I mean, that does sound easy to like seek after the Lord, right? Mm. To seek after God. But then when I think about it, I'm like, man, how do I seek after God? And often I don't have a desire to seek after God. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, typically it wins out that I'm seeking (laughs) after God, but I don't have all all good days. Yeah. Uh, And so to look at that and say, may those who seek after you, God, that I think that very easily could be excluding himself mm. and saying like god yes i would love to be able to seek after you but right now i don't feel it and um, i just need help and i just need help with that like i need i need to get like one foot on the bus to get going and i <laughs> yeah. can't i can't do that on my own hmm. i like that this is the get one of my feet on the bus prayer <laughs> that's now how i'll think about psalm 70 <laughs> well maybe, maybe we can pivot to talk about the one helping us get one foot on the bus to continue mm. the metaphor what do we learn about God or how do we encounter God in this psalm? This is where the brevity of the psalm is a little bit more difficult. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think, I feel like I've talked about this almost every time I've been on here, actually. I think it shows us God's openness and desire really to hear us honestly. Yeah. There is no like pretense on David's part mm-hmm. as is normal for, for the psalms. But I think that God, like this, this tells me that God can be approached that way where I don't have to pretend like, oh yes, God, like I, I do desire to seek after you. I do like, I can handle all these things that are coming at me. Just glad you're along for the ride. Like God doesn't want to hear that. Yeah. He wants us to communicate what is actually going on and not so he knows because he already knows, but so that we know that he knows, I think more is more accurate <laughs> to kind of let us be seen in that mirror and say, okay, I, I, I see what I'm doing here. I see what's going on. Hmm. I love that. You know, I think about sort of a, a pejorative term that I've heard sometimes, and maybe this is bleeding into the third question and we can loop back to it, but like this idea of drive-by prayers where it's like, mm-hmm. you just have a need and just you like pray something. And typically when I hear people talk about them, they're like kind of like, that's the less holy form of prayer. Mm-hmm. Like the prayer that's uttered by the, you know, <laughs> high schooler on the way to the class and they just realize there's a test and they say like god help me <laughs> like yeah. i don't know what to do right i feel like often kind of in circles of people of faith it's like well like it maybe it's not explicitly said this but like kind of the premise is you probably should have prayed for about an hour that morning <laughs> instead of offered that quick like breath prayer right. like as something unexpected came up in your day but when what with what you're saying about god welcoming and going back to the brevity of this psalm, I'm like, you know, I don't know. This is like, this feels like almost like the equivalent of a drive-by prayer for the psalmist. Like mm-hmm. it's five verses, it's in, it's out. In fact, as I was saying earlier, it's taken from another psalm. So it's like, like just like lifted, like, okay, this is all I have time for. <laughs> like <laughs> I've, got, I've got five verses of prayer and I'm on my way. Like, okay, like God, God can hear that. God, mm-hmm. that's not outside of his grace and his listening ear. I find that kind of deeply assuring, so... We got the bus metaphor. We got drive-by prayers. <laughs> <laughs> one one other thing that stood out to me was in the with respect to God is 
the very last line, you are my help and my deliverer, Lord, do not delay. The tenses feel very confused yeah. <laughs> in that line because I'm like, well, isn't on the one hand, I sort of understand it. On the other hand, I'm like, aren't you praying for help and deliverance? You're declaring the thing that you're asking for, but has it come? If it's come, why are you praying this particular prayer? And, uh, you know, I think it's a reminder, right, that David here is relying on his past experience mm -hmm. of who God is. To put this slightly differently, maybe, so much of what we know of God is then grounded in what he has done, which then gives us confidence for what he will do. Right. And even in a five-verse prayer, you can feel that going on. Like, here's something I know to be true of you, God. So now I need it in this case, or I need help again. And I think on the one hand, that's sort of an intuitive truth about our experience of God. Like, mm -hmm. yes, what we understand about God is what we've experienced of God. On the other hand, I think sometimes we can feel completely at sea with who God is. And maybe especially when, well, frankly, the kinds of things that would cause us to pray a prayer like this happen in our lives. It's easy to feel like, who is God? What, what is he doing in this world? And that's where sort of remembering what he's done. And the Bible is obviously giving us an account of what he's done as well becomes sort of the, the trustworthy account, so to speak, can help ground us, I think, again, in who he is so we can, so we can pray appropriately. But yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm reaching in one line in some tense, some tense play, but I'm going to say this there. No, I think that definitely warrants like some, some deeper study. It, I'm often struck by how the Psalms tend to, like, who are these words directed toward? Is always a question for me. Oh, because sometimes it is very much like, okay, this is toward God. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay, this is toward the person who's written it. Sometimes it's them speaking to their own soul. Yeah. Right. There's sometimes it's it's kind of in some kind of rhetorical comment toward a crowd even. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting to try and figure out, okay, who is he speaking to, and for what reason? Is he really trying to convince God to save him at this point, or is he kind of in the direction you're going, saying, okay, is this like this is my experience of who God is? Yeah, and now I'm trying to try and draw God back in to do that same thing again, or is it okay? Well, I know that God is the one who delivers me, but I don't necessarily have an experience that amounts to what I need now. Mm. So maybe he's saying, okay, I have this idea of who God is, but I don't have the experience of God being that for me right now. Yeah, and so he's kind of saying that maybe to himself and to God at the same time. But I think it's, I mean. I often pray and I'll say things. I'm like, do I believe that? I know I just said it, but it's interesting that I decided that that's a thing I believe now. Yeah. And so I'll get kind of mixed up into those things and realize later on, like, oh no, this is what is causing this to to shift for me. Or this is what is now grounding that experience, as you said earlier. I love, yeah, that's so helpful. I think that really bleeds nicely into our third point. And but before I ask that question, like, it is, it is fascinating to me that in a in a psalm that is explicitly a petition. The formative work of prayer we're suggesting is so much still at work like it well to, yeah to say that differently maybe if we think of prayer and coming to god and the psalms and these prayers as purely about well trying to convince god to do something or something mm -hmm. like that or even just asking him to do something then we are really missing one of the formative ways like these prayers shape us like i think often even yeah. prayers that we utter are kind of a this is what we believe help our unbelief, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of prayer. And what you're saying, like, sometimes you discover things you believe about God sometimes might be true, 
things that you mm-hmm. didn't realize you believe or want to believe more deeply. Or sometimes suddenly it's like, oh, that is something I maybe shouldn't believe about <laughs> God. That isn't true about God <laughs> from, from the other things that I know, right? But they can be so revealing. Mm-hmm. Our prayers, I mean, partly if we're willing to be what you talked about earlier, vulnerable, if God can truly handle our most vulnerable prayer, then also our prayers can be sort of at their most formative, I, w- I would suggest anyway. But I think we got to jump to our third question now because <laughs> I'm just talking around it. How does this psalm help us to pray? Well, it has to be short. It has to be. No. <laughs> I think, I mean, on one hand, and for those who are here around Granite Springs, like we have prayers that are, by these standards, like fairly elaborate. So <laughs> that will kind of go on for a bit. And those are excellent for orienting us toward something. Yeah. Uh, ultimately toward God, but towards uh, truth and things that we know are true of ourselves that we have to kind of wrestle with and say, okay, no, this is true. I can own up to this. And those have their own purpose and their own beauty. This is not one of those prayers, I think. It's not It's not very elaborate. It's not long. Um, it's not. It's probably not very prescripted. But it is David saying, okay, this is what's going on right now. This is what I'm hoping for. And it, it seems almost kind of uncertain uh, going back to the idea of like, okay, God, uh, you're my redeemer, my savior, but come quickly. Yeah. I think having that uncertainty in our prayers, as opposed to this prayer that like orients us toward God, this is helpful in helping us to see what's actually going on internally, helping us to see, mm-hmm. okay, when I come into God's presence, like what is my internal reaction to that? Yeah. We've seen the New Testament we have a lot of interesting reactions that our heart will condemn us in, in God's presence. But to step into prayer and then say, okay, what, like, what is my emotional reaction to this? What is my kind of, maybe I have a physical reaction actually to praying, or maybe it's a spiritual reaction, but what is that? And how is that? What should it, does that look how it should? And not to then back out of prayer and say, okay, I'll fix this and then go back in, but to sit with God in that and say, okay, it's interesting that as soon as I come to you to confess something, I also try to justify or give you reasons why I'm yeah, doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if I'm asking you for something, maybe I'll say, look how deserving I am for this. Uh, I mean, those will be my temptations. Mm-hmm. And so to realize that as it happens and say, oh, I realize I just prayed that, God. I don't know that I desire that ultimately. Yeah. And I think this prayer is a good example of that very brief honesty where we may be misrepresenting our, our ideas or our beliefs about God on occasion. But ultimately it's not just to like throw words at God and say, hey, I'm here. But like you were saying, it's meant to be formative for us. Yeah. There's kind of two modes of prayer in what I hear in what you're saying, where there's sort of the instinctive petition that we might bring or the instinctive praise even or the instinctive gratitude. Mm. And then there's sort of the reflective, there's the reflective prayer on what did I just pray? It's interesting. It's like, is one of the other Psalms in here a commentary, so to speak, the reflective commentary on Psalm 70, right? There's yeah. plenty of other cases where there are enemies, right? Mm-hmm. And the places like you were saying earlier where David even addresses, oh, my soul, right? Mm-hmm. Do not be downcast, you know, put your hope, put your trust in the Lord. And so like there's part of this where I think they are kind of different modes, but I love that it's not just what you're suggesting is that invitation and the invitation even of a five verse Psalm is not like, here's a prayer, and then go have a nice little journal about it. Right. <laughs> it's, here's one way of praying, and then here's a further invitation into deeper prayer. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, God invites us into that space. Obviously, you can journal with God, folks. I'm not <laughs> condemning journaling. But it's not like some sort of, it's not purely what I don't hear you suggesting is sort of like then get out and sort of therapeutically dissect it without God's presence. Like they're both modes of being in God's presence and having him reveal himself to us or asking him to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything we we kind of bump up against in, in prayer is like solvable on our own. Yeah. Like those are things that we they're kind of wounds that are like reopened often mm-hmm. to be healed in God's presence rather than something to be like, Hey, look, this still hurts. Right. And then you back away and say, oh, I'll fix it and come back later. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is one purpose of prayer is to sort through these things in God's presence and say, okay, this is what my heart desires in a very honest sense. Yeah. And then let God step into that and either say, okay, yes, these are good desires or say, okay, I see what you're doing here, but let's, <laughs> let's redirect a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you've brought us back to those desires because one of the things as I was thinking about how the psalm helps us to pray is there is both sort of a very personal petition, like it's very personalized, but there's also a sense in which David is praying for the, like he is praying for the way he wants the world to be. Hmm. So in other words, may all who seek you, not only may I who seek you, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help, presumably not just me who's longing (laughs) for your saving help, always say the Lord is great. In other words, I am praying for the ways that I long for you to interact with our world. Mm. And I thought that was kind of interesting, just in a psalm that is kind of highly personal, at the same time that there's, it feels like there's an expansive vision of prayer here that is not only about me, but also about like, God, this is not only how I need you, but this is how I want you. Like these, it almost struck me as like blessing and cursing language, right? These maze is kind of interesting. Like, you know, obviously what you just read, may those who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. In other words, may anyone, not just the people right now, but Mm -hmm. all of them, like, please, like I want, I want a world of justice. I want a world of peace, of rejoicing in you, of delighting in you, uh, of those who mock me to be put to shame, right? I think it, it just felt like the prayer was even larger than that moment, even though it's centered in that moment. Yeah. And I think one of the things, in fact, maybe a thread running through our conversation has been that even these five verses are offering us a more expansive vision of prayer. And it's packed in kind of pretty tight and well mm. into a short psalm here. But the invitation is grander than just five verses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was another thing I thought, yeah, that. That can help me to pray, I think, because a, like, if I think about prayers, okay, what are the things that I'm praying for? And then how can I pray those same things for someone else? Mm -hmm. I think that can either helpfully correct a selfish prayer, right? Where it's like, oh, that would be weird if I prayed that for someone else, but that seems to be the thing I want. Okay. Let me, as you were saying, Lord, help me investigate (laughs) that, that desire, or it just helpful, like it helpfully reminds me, like there's other people with this need as well. And in fact, I'm not only praying that God, you would just sort of be some kind of genie for me, but that you would be doing your work in in our world and, and active in that way. So that was one way I kind of read those, like kind of what I might call blessing and cursing, kind of the maze of, of this psalm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think at the same time, I mean, you mentioned the idea of, okay, maybe I can pray for myself, but I don't, I don't, I don't pray well for others in that same kind of category. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's equally likely. Maybe I'm giving us too much credit on that side. I think it's fairly likely and common for people to be able to pray well for others. And not for but themselves, then, yeah. Yeah, not feel that they can pray in that same way for themselves. And I mean, there's there's a just a hint of it here. 
with that kind of, but as for me, I am poor and needy. Ah, yes. That conclusion yeah. of like, I'm going to pray for all these others, both with blessings and curses, and then to turn on the self and say, but me, like, I, I'm not good enough, so I just need, you know, I just need a little bit. I don't, I don't know that that's where he's going here, but it, that language, I could very easily see myself or any number of others saying, like, okay, look how wretched I am. I, yeah. I can't really ask for those same things. But, I mean, one of the beautiful things about the church is that people are just so, so messed up, right? <laughs> and I'm one of them, and you're one of them. Everyone we know is one of them. And none of us are more or less able to go before God because of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so to remember, okay, if I can pray this for somebody else, I can pray for myself. If I can pray yeah. for myself, I can pray for someone else. Yes. And I think that really helps us kind of on either end, wherever we fall, if we have, if we struggle to see our own value or if we struggle to give others that kind of value, that helps kind of reground what we're doing in our relationship with others. And especially when we're in God's presence, I think that's probably a good place to begin having a a better view of, of, of all of our relationships really. Yeah. I, yeah, that's so well said. So maybe we'll just leave it there. <laughs> I dare not add, but the reflexive nature of this. Yeah. It works both ways. That's totally true. Anything else to add about Psalm 70, Nathan? I think that's it. Shockingly, I'll still have to edit this podcast. Oh yeah. We've gone long enough. We found a way <laughs> on five verses to go long enough. <laughs> One thing I didn't say is the opening verses of this are the classic opening of evening prayer in the Anglican mm -hmm. Book of Common Prayer. So regularly said, and it, I find that really interesting that the way you end the day is by asking for help. And like that's the way you open that prayer, obviously. So maybe one more time, first one with a strong head nod to our Anglican brothers and sisters. Hasten, O God, to save me. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. Friends, go out and pray the Psalms. Mm -hmm.